All right, so I'm here with Bill Miller, Red Sox legend. How are you today, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Really well talking to you now. So how is it? Do you ever find yourself back in Boston ever? Like, do you, I mean, you never have to buy a drink there again, I'm sure. Um, Like, do you ever, I mean, do people recognize you if you ever end up back there? Or, I mean, how does that work? Uh, at times, I haven't been back there in a while. Yeah, but, um, I'm sure on occasion uh, I would be, but um, you know, it's been a long time since uh, that you know World Series. So um, you know, I would say that probably not too many people would recognize all the gray hair. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I'm sure. I mean, the way Boston fans are, I'm sure some definitely some will would remember. Um, I mean, isn't there a song about you? Actually, I think there someone uh, has a song about you. Have you? Do you know about that? Well, um, it, it's funny that you say say that because uh, one of our uh, one of the coaches um, brought out the song to practice about two weeks ago. Oh, really? It's the first time. Yeah, it's the first time I ever heard it. Really? And first time I ever knew it existed. So it was really hilarious. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, being someone who was on the 03 team, you know, because a lot of people talk about the 03 team as one of the greatest Red Sox teams of all time, even though they didn't win. Um, and then, of course, followed by 04. I mean, was there any, was there a difference with the vibe between those two teams at all? I mean, could, you know, with like Grady Little and, and Tito, was there like a difference between the vibe in the clubhouse and... Was there like much of a difference between those two teams? I would say that the biggest difference was just experience and knowing that uh, we could do it and being that close uh, just gave us uh, another boost of confidence to be able to go out there and and do it and and then in uh, un, you know crazy circumstances come back from '03 to do it so. Um, I think it was just more about uh, gaining the confidence. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, because obviously the Boone home run and all the stuff that, you know, I mean, you had a great year in 03. I mean, what was your, I mean, you had a, do you pay attention to any of the analytical stats at all? Or do you just, like, do you teach any of that to your kid maybe? or? You know, um, kids it's more about the fundamentals of the game than right. it is about numbers because mm-hmm. it's a human game so you keep it simple mm-hmm. um, because you're trying to build the, the mental game to the physical and to give too much information at a young age uh, can complicate things at times right. so um, same thing at the, at the big league level you don't uh, want to um, overwhelm them with much information at times mm-hmm. uh, and it's a personality thing it, it will depend on the individual right but um, you know you you definitely keep it um, as simplified as possible because it's it's something that happens in pretty much less than a second as far as hitting and and then offensively or defensively as far as defensively you know some of the the numbers can help you um, as far as um, you know, like zone coverage, your, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, 
position yourself in certain areas to help with the percentages of where they hit. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's a balance with uh, the analytics right. for sure, but um, it's not something I would teach yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah, and uh, launch angle is a big thing now in the majors that everyone's talking about with hitting home runs and getting the ball in the air because ground balls are out. So, but yeah, I guess you know when they're younger, you don't want to rely too heavily on that kind of stuff. That's more for like the pros, you know. But yeah, yeah. So, what do you think was the most memorable ga- memorable game you ever played in? Um, I mean, the brawl. That I mean, obviously, I would assume it was the big game with the Veritech and A-Rod brawl and then you hit the walk-off at the end I mean does any game beat that or well, I would say the last game in the, of the season that we won the World Series right yeah memorable. yeah I would say um, some of the other things um, you know it's always team oriented personally it's um, I don't really recall too many things personally other than you know, like hitting two grand slams in one game, right? Things I mean, like that. But um, really, um, you know, my game was built around helping the team and being a part of the team. And so, really, my memories are more team oriented than right. They are individually oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I still can't believe. I mean, you hit two grand slams. Not only that, but one from each side of the plate. Like that's unheard of. I've never. Heard. Yeah, it was. It, well, it, it was the first of its kind. So yeah. It's the first time in history that uh, it, it was actually done, which is really uh, kind of odd because you'd think with the, the history of the game, somebody yeah. would have done it prior to. And to find out that you were the, the first um, was pretty spectacular moment. Yeah, I mean, because so, you were never a huge home run guy kind of guy. You were more of a that's right. contact, yeah, you know, for hitting for a good average. You won the batting title one year, did you not? Or... Yeah, I shut my eyes at the right time that year. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, so um, so you're down 3-0 to the Yankees. Obviously, everyone knows about, you know, the ALCS, the, the heartbreaking losses, and, you know, up to 04, and then you're down 3-0. Like, what is not only your mindset, but the rest of the team's mindset at that point? Well, it, it's it's kind of documented that, uh, you know, if we, um, you know, it's any combination of four, you still got to win four games. And right. Like I said, our resiliency throughout the season and our confidence building and and uh, what we believed in ourselves and, and uh, you know, it was just, once you get to that fourth game and you're down that much, you just take one inning at a time. You don't overwhelm yourself with uh, any any bigger number than, uh, you know, kind of win that inning and, and take it uh, as little as, as you can because that's all you can control. And, and I think everyone just uh, did their part in controlling, you know, what was in front of them right at that moment, not being overwhelmed by the moment. Right. But, um you know, you're you're down this big number, and you have all these innings to be played if you want to come back. All that, so it was just simplifying and, and um, you know winning um, the pitch at the time, or um, you know moving the runner over, or uh, making the right defensive decision. You know, and and just keeping it. Uh, 
um, at an arm's length that you can manage and you can control mentally mm-hmm. as well as physically. So, uh, and that's kind of what we did. We won one game at a time there at the at the end and uh, got the right pieces in place after Berkey uh, started Game Four and yeah, and we we uh, we hit a really good run. Yeah, wow. right. Um, yeah, I mean, Kurt Schilling, I, he's talked about before, like, really micromanaging it and, you know, taking it literally, like, pitch by pitch and just winning each pitch, not only just thinking about the game, forget about tomorrow or the game itself, but really each inning, each pitch, you know, so it was really, you know, I guess it was all about, you know, you, you have to have that mindset when you think about coming from behind. I mean, you can't really even think about the future at all. You just kind of, yeah, right, exactly. You just have to control exactly what you're doing in the moment and just be present and do it all, you know, win those moments, win more of those moments than your competitor. Exactly. Right. So you're up there. Dave Roberts, obviously the famous steel steel second. You're up there and I forget. I don't know who was announcing with Joe Buck, but whoever it was, I don't know if you would recall, but. He says the you know the Red Sox season comes down to a bunt. Was there ever and then of course you hit it up the middle tie game, the rest is history. Was there ever a thought to button that up at or were you just thinking no I'm I'm hitting here. That might be where the uh, analytic game came into play because uh, you know uh, maybe back in the day bunting would be a part of it, but analytically they say swing the bat. So. Right. Exactly. Uh, I was at the forefront of the analytics, maybe, mm-hmm. because uh, I was I was thinking about more of doing my job, uh, either getting them over and driving them in, or just getting them over, and um, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the whole obviously the Moneyball year for the A's in two thousand two, um, you know, they I think you were signed in oh three, so I'm you were probably one of those guys that they looked at that you know Theo came in and looked at. Um, so that's really interesting. Yeah, you were, you know, one of the guys who kind of started the trend of sabermetrics and getting players that are undervalued in that way. Yeah. Um, I think Theo was more about on-base percentage at the time, and there was a lot of us that um, he explored and brought over to the Red Sox that had a, uh, a very good number, and I think they did their homework on as far as their field uh, construction and where our hits were and, right. and um, how that would play into it. So they were ahead of their time in a bit, uh, I think, on constructing a lineup for their, their field and mm-hmm. for um, being ahead of the game as far as trying to find uh, the right pieces that would fill a full lineup of either uh, being unselfish or being pieces that would help to get on base for their big men. Right. In, so. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of taken after the A's and what they were able to do in that year. Um, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, in 51 career games against the Yankees, I'll just bring out a couple stats here. You hit 314 with a 915 OPS, 10 home runs, 60 hits, and like nine, uh, 190 at bats. So, you were decent against the Yankees in your career. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of the, and the, part of that success was against Mariano Rivera, of course. You know the greatest reliever of all time. So, I mean, what do you think had to do with that great success against not only him but the team as a whole? I mean, you were a Yankee killer. Obviously, that's the recipe for a 
the perfect Red Sox player. So what do you think went into that? Well, I think a whole team effort went into it because it's just not really one individual mm-hmm. that can take down a team. It's, it takes all 25 guys. Right. And when your team is constantly competing and competing at the highest level, and, and, and remember the Yankees were the measuring stick. They are the, the team at the, the highest uh, level with – you know the big payroll and the most talent mm-hmm. supposedly and and uh that's your measuring stick so you um our guys always rose to the occasion to try and see where our team stacked up against them and and it was always good competition and and it brought out uh, some really good things and a lot of our our players and you know it helped us again like i said before it helped us gain enough confidence that in a in a where your back's against the wall, such as in all three, we had the resiliency to be able to come back and win. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, all the, you know, when it comes to oh four and how just special it made it, you know, all the things that have, that led up to it are just, they're part of the story and what make the story so special, you know. And so, yeah, you talk a lot about your teammates and obviously how great they were and who do you think was your funniest, the funniest teammate in 04? I mean, I have a few people in mind who I think you might say, but who do you think? Well, um, <laughs> there was there was uh, guys that you would know for sure that were funny, like Kevin right. Millar, because he was outspoken a lot. Yeah. And, uh, Doug Marabelli was always a funny guy that you may not know that was funny, and, mm-hmm. and Tim Wakefield, and um, I think, um, let's see who else had a good sense of humor. Uh, Lestanek, I think, was had a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. Maybe Manny or Poppy, one of those guys. Oh, T- Tim, Tim Lynn had a good sense of humor. Oh, Tim Lynn, yeah. Mike, Mike Tim Lynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... We had, a, we had a, you know, it's, uh, I think as far as guys that were as dedicated as they were, there was always that, uh, that, that moment where people were, uh, goofing around and, and yeah. cracking jokes and stuff. So it was good. Yeah. Good right. balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I know Veritech was, he was kind of like a more business guy. Like I, I heard before someone was saying how like he wasn't a fan of like the idiots, um, kind of thing that went along with the O four team, you know, the group of idiots that they called them and he was like, No, we're not idiots, you know, we're we're ball players, you know, we you know, but I think it was really funny. It was a good balance of, you know, veteran professional players and obviously the the looseness that you guys had in the clubhouse it was great, uh, and part of what made it all happen, which was awesome. Um what do you think is was the as like do you have a story that happened in 04 that maybe or any year years really but probably in 04 um is what i'm thinking of th- that happened that maybe the public doesn't know about but something that maybe helped bring the championship to boston well um nothing comes to my mind in that regard but there's a story in 03 that most people don't know about on okay. uh, the second the last day of the season and i was going for the batting title and we're finishing up in Tampa, and I was walking from the locker room to the dugout. Is a big, long line of steps that you have to walk up. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you know let's just say there's 30 steps that you walk up and after the the, the second to last game um, it was me Manny Derek all going for the batting title and yeah. we're walking up the steps um, oh. Manny tapped me on the back and said uh, hey Poppy I want you to um, I want you to win the batting title tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, which was, which was, uh, hard to believe just because for a man of his, um, success, you know, I'm sure he had incentives and uh, right, right. Certain, certain things in his contract that would have made him more money as far as if he wanted. And, um, so yeah, that probably doesn't seem something too much like uh, Manny, was, but. Yeah. 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 Right. So that <laughs> but that's pretty, awesome. Pretty cool moment. And so then it went uh, to me the next day competing with Derek Jeter to to win it. So wow. It was pretty cool. Wow, that is awesome. Um, what do you think is your favorite moment of '04? I would say uh, probably winning the championship, the final out. Yeah. It, it, obviously, winning that World Series in my yeah. hometown that I grew up in mm-hmm. was uh, probably the the most special moment. Yeah, that's incredible. Do you think, uh, speaking of your teammates again, do you think Kurt Schilling should probably make the Hall? What do you think is the deal with him? Uh, I, you know, I don't know that statistically. Right, uh, right. I would have to do research on what uh, statistically it makes or kind of is a standard for the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I never kept track of too many stats, so mm. I, I, I wouldn't know that uh, offhand about um, Kurt, but I know he was one hell of a player and a great competitor and and one of those guys that you wanted on your team, that's for sure. Right. So last question before I let you go. Um, so you played in Boston, you know, for only three seasons, but the impact you had on the city along with your teammates, you know, that'll forever be legendary. Um, you know, what does that mean to you to be a part of the family that is, you know, Red Sox Nation, the Boston Red Sox, to forever be remembered? I mean, you'll you'll never be forgotten. You know, what does that mean to you? Um, I think it's, um, something that, you know, when you start playing the game of baseball in your backyard, playing with the ball and, and dreaming about moments, uh, Boston gave me a moment to live out my dream. So that, that will always be special because, uh, you always are in the backyard saying it's a three, two count bottom of the night in the world series and here it happened and i was wearing a boston red sox uniform so um you know i'll be forever grateful for the organization for uh you know bring me over there and and uh, you know get an opportunity to play so it's, it's special and it's special to be able to celebrate that with the 24 to 30 other guys that you played with that year and 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 uh, it's special to all of us on uh, breaking that curse and making it super meaningful for the city. Right. Do you ever uh, go? Feeling. Yeah. Do you ever go to those? Um, when was the last uh, reunion that they had? Like the anniversary kind of thing that they do at Fenway. For yeah, I was four. working um, in the front office at the time, so I was busy out somewhere and and missed it. But uh, uh, okay. you know, it's nice for all those for those uh, moments. Uh, so the fans can see the guys again and right. the guys can get together. So yeah, for you, it's more, I would love it. I think it's good for you guys to see each other and it's like, it feels like you guys were just 
playing with each other, like, you know, this yesterday, right? Yeah, right, right. I'm sure that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill Miller, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, you got it, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, man. All right.